That's the record button. If I use right. this one, I turn this one off. No, you can keep them going. Okay. Cool. And then um, I put my active learning questions in a Kahoot too. So I'm oh, cool. Okay, well then you can switch back and forth as needed. Let me just unmute the screen. And you're good to go. Alright, thanks so much for oh, setting it up. Appreciate it. Okay, guys, how are you? And I guess he's still here. He just started wearing some shirts and here. How's everyone doing? Good, I get to see you again. We're in an upgraded classroom, I see. I'm kind of fancy up here. So. Good to see you guys. Sorry that I was late today. Um, I ran into traffic issues, and then because I ran into traffic issues, it was nonstop with like red lights and every other slow lane.
coordinated. The pharmacodynamics is going to be recorded. So basically tomorrow and Wednesday, you'll be listening to the pharmacodynamics lecture. Okay, that takes up two lectures. On Monday, we'll go ahead and start our next live topics. We call it the live case day. So the next live lecture on the schedule is dermatology. So we'll cover the first uh, section of dermatology. Do you guys have any questions about that? Because I want to make sure no one's confused about when to show up to class versus not. Okay? So Tuesday, you're at home. Tomorrow, Monday, you see me again here in class. Tuesday, you're home again. All right? Yes. I'm oh, sorry, Wednesday, you're home again. Yeah, because Professor Rivas changed the schedule to Wednesday. Thank you for that update. So next week, it's Wednesday. Here. So basically, just make sure you're here in person next week. easier to just get it done right you know when you're already here but okay let's go ahead we're gonna start the lecture for today it's recording already right okay excellent okay um, so the objectives today are that we're going to define pharmacokinetic definitions including a drug's median effective dose so which is defined as ED50 a median lethal dose, median toxic dose, and what therapeutic index is. We're gonna go through the different routes of administration of medications, their advantages and their disadvantages. Then we're gonna describe how the body absorbs, distributes, metabolizes, and eliminates drugs. The mnemonic for this is ADME, so we'll review that. And we're gonna list major pathways of drug metabolism and recognize the various factors that alter these metabolizing and elimination pathways. So things like age, genetics, disease states. We're gonna discuss the concept and utility of therapeutic drug monitoring. So what is that and what is steady state for medications? And lastly, we'll describe how drug clearance, volume of distribution, and half-life can be used to monitor patient therapy. 
And so this corresponds to, there's two textbooks in your required uh, textbook section of the syllabus. This, the pharmacokinetics and the pharmacodynamics lecture, are one that you have in access medicine. All the other disease states that we're going to be reviewing, which is the bulk of our lecture content, that will be through access pharmacy, which you have through your NSU access, okay? All right, so starting just with pharmacodynamics, pharmacokinetics, what's the difference between the two? We're focusing on pharmacokinetics, which is abbreviated PK today, but we have to talk about them all holistically. So pharmacodynamics is what the drug does to the body. So it includes an interaction between the drug and target cells or tissues and the body's response to that interaction. So basically the drug binds to a receptor in the body and then that drug-receptor combination elicits some type of response. So that's pharmacodynamics. So the recorded lectures you listen to, that's going to be reviewing that. So pharmacokinetics is the reverse of that. It's what the body does to the drug. So it's how the body changes the drug composition and how it moves throughout the body. So kinetics means movement, right? So therefore, pharmacokinetics literally means what happens to the drug as it moves throughout the body. So as I take an oral tablet, what happens as it's absorbed, it's metabolized, it's eliminated. So that's the concept of pharmacokinetics. So putting these both to use, if you have a good understanding of pharmacodynamics and pharmacokinetics, then that can help clinicians better understand, determine, and monitor the magnitude of a drug's effect on the body. So we're doing this preliminary just to set the stage before we dive into the disease states and then go through all like the specifics of what drugs are used to treat certain disease states. So pharmacokinetics overview, I mentioned ADME. So the study of what the body does to the drug includes absorption, distribution, metabolism, and elimination. So in the absorption phase, this converts a drug into the form that a body can use. Distribution transports the drug from its site of administration, so whether you gave it by mouth, an IV, wherever that site of administration was, to its ultimate site of action where it has its activity. Metabolism is the drug's molecules are transformed into simpler products. And then excretion is the manner in which the drug's eliminated from the body. So we're going to go through each of these concepts. So as an overview, the human body restricts access to foreign molecules, so to reach a target within the body and have an effect, a drug molecule has to cross multiple restrictive barriers to get to its ultimate target. So following administration, the drug has to be absorbed and then distributed. So this usually happens via vessels in the circulatory or lymphatic systems, and in addition to crossing the membrane barriers, the drug must also survive metabolism by the liver, and elimination by the kidneys, liver, and feces as well. So the drug has a lot to go through before it can have its effect within the body. So we're gonna go through some definitions, so just bear with me. You know, these are definitions, there's nothing exciting about these, but I'm gonna go through each of them with you, okay? So onset of action, this is the, just like what it sounds like. It's the amount of time it takes the drug to have its, uh, to start working. So it might not be the maximal effect of the drug, but it's where we start to see some therapeutic um, activity. So for example, you take an oral tablet, maybe in 30 minutes if you take like a Tums or um, a, a H2 receptor antagonist, you'll start to see some benefit of that medication. That's an onset of action. Duration of action is the length of time for which the drug is therapeutic. So some drugs stay in our system for a really long period of time and some stay for a short period of time. That really differs based on how the uh, medication is made. 
There's also a first pass effect. This is when blood from the GI tract passes through the liver before entering any other organ. So what can happen here is if you take a medication by your mouth, so it's going through your GI tract, and it does have a first pass effect, this means that it can get metabolized in your liver, so broken down into less active compounds potentially, before it reaches its site of uh, um, activity. So that's what first pass effect is. So I always think of like the liver as the organ that like chomps up the medications. Not all medications are heavily metabolized, but the vast majority of them are. Bioavailability is the proportion of an administered dose that eventually reaches the systemic circulation in its unchanged form. So if I have 100% bioavailability, that means however I'm taking the medication, whether it's IV or an oral administration, that 100% of that medication is making its way into my systemic circulation exactly how I took it. Whereas if something has like 50% bioavailability, it's not going to reach my systemic circulation. It's only gonna reach it at 50%, so I'm probably gonna need a higher dose to be able to achieve that. Or I have to give it via a different route. Maybe it doesn't get, I have very low oral bioavailability, but if I give that medication IV, then I have 100% bioavailability. And I'll give you an example. So in the world of COVID, right? Have you guys heard of remdesivir as one of the inpatient therapies we use? Okay. So it's an antiviral medication that's given IV. It's given in the inpatient setting. How nice would it be to give an antiviral in the outpatient setting like we do Tamiflu, right? You guys heard of Tamiflu? Okay, so if you have influenza, uh, you can get Tamiflu, which is an oral tablet that you can take and it helps uh, reduce the duration of flu symptoms that you have. So how great would it be to take an oral tablet for COVID if, you know, if someone were to acquire COVID? The problem with remdesivir though is it has very poor oral bioavailability. So it has to be given IV, because otherwise um, a very low amount of that drug is going to reach systemic circulation in its oral form, and therefore it's not gonna have um, the effect that it needs. So it has to be given IV, and that's why we give it in the inpatient setting. They did trials, and they're still working on them in the outpatient setting, but nothing's come out yet, so we don't have our COVID Tamiflu in an oral form.
and your patient starts to do better and you just want to discharge them home, they don't require inpatient stay anymore, it's a one-to-one -one switch. They just go home on the same dose oral, so it makes it easy. But if a drug has a different IV to PO um, ratio, you may have to, to your point, increase the dose if that option exists. For the example I gave you, remdesivir, there wasn't an oral option that they've been able to find yet to get the viral loads su sufficiently suppressed in order to make an oral formulation yet. All right, so dosage. The amount of drug given for a particular therapeutic or desired effect. Different dosages of a drug may bring about variations in the speed of drug action or effectiveness. So of course, this is all done in clinical trials before the medication comes to market. They test the drug in a human uh, patient population that's healthy, and then they'll expand that patient population to those that have the disease before the medication comes to market. And they'll probably test a few different dosages and try to find the one that works at the lowest dose. That's how all of our medications happen. So then once it comes to you guys as the end user, as the end prescriber, the idea is that you're using the lowest dose to have the, the benefit that you need. Okay, so this is why I do the checkpoints, because there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of talking, right? So I just want to make sure that we break it up and you guys understand what we've talked about so far. So the question here is, which term below defines the proportion of an administered dose that eventually reaches the systemic circulation, sorry for my typo, in unchanged form? Is that the first pass effect, bioavailability, onset of action, or therapeutic dose? So let me come here to Kahoot, and we'll go ahead and start it. Hopefully I can pause. Let's see. Okay, I gave you guys a minute, because that's what you're going to have on your exam, is to do a minute, but we can play around with it. If you guys don't need that much time, we don't have to do it. But go ahead and answer the question. How many students do we have in the class? And the goal here is I want you to go back to the previous slides if you don't know the answer off the top of your head. All right, so B is bioavailability. So let's go ahead and check that answer in our PowerPoint. Portion of an administered dose that eventually reaches the systemic circulation in its unchanged form. So first pass effect, it's not going to be unchanged at that point because the liver is going to have chomped up the drug, onset of action, and therapeutic dose. We already defined that in the previous slides. So that's the correct answer by availability. Okay? You guys all with me so far? Yeah. Alright, so some more definitions for you. Okay, so dosage definitions. So we have our minimum dose. And we have uh, maximum dose and loading dose on this slide. So minimum dose, makes sense, minimum. Smallest amount of drug that will produce a therapeutic effect. Maximum dose is the largest amount of a drug that will produce that desired effect without producing toxicity, right? Because of course we can go up, 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 up on the dose, but at some point you're not getting any more benefit and you're just getting more side effects. Loading dose, what is a loading dose? This is an initial high dose 
is often a maximum dose that's used to quickly elevate the level of a drug in the blood. It's often by, it's followed by a series of low maintenance doses. So we'll use this a lot for um, IV medications where it might take a while for that onset of action to happen and we need to have an immediate effect for that patient. So if the medication and we need immediate effect doesn't work really quickly, doesn't have a really quick onset of action, we can circumvent that by giving a higher loading dose up front to get the patient to cover the patient kind of like a band-aid and then we get smaller dosages to catch the patient up to where they need to be. So we see this a lot with um, IV antibiotics, um, other medications too, but that's the most common example off the top of my head. Lethal dose, dose that causes death. Therapeutic dose, the dose that's customarily given to treat a specific indication. Maintenance dose is the dose required to keep the drug uh, blood level at steady state in order to maintain the desired effect. We'll go over what steady state is, but that's when you have basically the drug is at a constant level throughout the patient's body. So it's going to take a little while to get there. You don't reach steady state right away. So basically you give dose one, dose two is going to stack up on that, dose three. Usually by the time you get to dose four or five, that's when we have a constant level within the patient's body. So that doesn't happen right away. It takes some time to build that up. A toxic dose is the amount of drug that will produce a harmful side effects or symptoms of poisoning. So not quite at lethal dose that would cause death, but other types of side effects that could occur that are severe enough that are not just minimal side effects, but harmful side effects, things like poisoning, things you'd call poison control for. Okay, so effective dose 50, ED50. This is the median effective dose at which 50% of the test subjects in a population or sample will respond with a predefined or expected effect. It's used clinically to set recommended dosages because it's an indicator of a drug's potency when it's given to a wide uh, body of people. Toxicity, it's a condition that results from exposure to either a poison or a dangerous amount of drug that's normally safe when given in a smaller amount. In drug therapy, the goal is to give just enough of the drug to cause the desired therapeutic effect while keeping the amount below the level at which toxic dosages are observed. So it's kind of like a balancing act. It should be noted that toxicity can develop even with properly dosed or small amounts of a drug depending on how that patient responds. Sometimes when we bring a medication to market, they're called post-marketing analysis, so that's like basically the drug's already gone through all of its clinical trials, but now we're testing it in the general patient population. Sometimes things come up and we notice, you know, maybe there is an abnormality when it comes to specific races having difficulty metabolizing a medication. So when we're giving therapeutic dosages to them, it's a possibility that they may have like an enzyme that doesn't break down the drug effectively and it can be toxic in that patient population. So these are things that sometimes we notice after the drug has come to market, but we try to catch, of course, as many things as we can in the clinical trials before that actually makes its way um, to the general public. Um, an example, along with our remdesivir, um, just because this is my world right now with COVID. So remdesivir is like an example. It can be administered over 30 minutes. So we started doing that at our institution at Mount Sinai because that's the fastest we can give it. Good, that's best for our workflow. But it has an incidence of hypersensitivity reactions. And so we were noticing those hypersensitivity reactions. So the package insert allows you to change the infusion to 120 minutes, which is two hours. So we did that across the board, and that reduced the incidence of the uh, hypersensitivity reactions that we were seeing. So that's like an example of how something can have like a toxic or a harmful side effect, 
even at the standard doses that are totally allowed within the package insert and how it was studied in the clinical trials. But then out in practice, you might have to do some tweaking when you start seeing it in the general patient population. Okay, lethal dose, the dose at which 50% of a population would die from taking a medication. Toxic dose, the dose that would produce signs of toxicity in 50% of the animals uh, being tested, typically at least three species whose metabolism closely resembles humans. So uh, they usually do the toxic testing on animals. Um, so that is where, um, and, and three species whose metabolism closely resembles humans is listed there. Um, so. Uh, with that, uh, those are done in the phases of clinical trials leading up to the drug's development. The larger the toxic dose, 50, the more of the drug it takes to produce signs of toxicity. So we have a smaller TD50. That means we're going to have very little um, of the drug that's going to produce toxicity in 50% of the population. But the larger of it, the larger the TD50, the more of the drug that it would take. So a little bit safer. What is therapeutic range? So this is the range of drug levels in the blood that will give the desired effect without causing serious side effects. The purpose of most medication treatments is to have a desired effect by maintaining a drug level within a therapeutic range. So if you think of you know, my therapeutic range being this, if it's too low below the therapeutic range, I'm not gonna have the effect that I need um, to produce the clinical response for the patient. But if I'm above that therapeutic range, then I'm having too many side effects. You want to be in that sweet spot. So if you think about a therapeutic range as kind of a sweet spot, that's a good way to remember it. And some medications have narrow therapeutic indexes, so we'll go over that, but it's very, very small, that, that sweet spot range, right? So it's like if you err on one side or the other, you're either erring on reduced efficacy or increased toxicity. Okay, well, speaking of therapeutic index, so this is the ratio of our LD50 to ED50. So if you have a low therapeutic index, a low value, this means that you have a narrow therapeutic index. So there's a small difference between the dose of a drug that produces good effects and one that produces lethal effects. A high value means there's a high margin of safety. So if you look at medications that we closely monitor with drug levels, so you may be familiar with monitoring anticoagulant warfarin and has a specific INR you have to monitor. That's a drug with a narrow therapeutic index. Or sometimes medications like seizure medications, they may not have a drug level always that we have to monitor, some do. But a small tweak in that dose can impact a patient's ability to control their seizures, yes or no, right? So that's, those are drugs with narrow therapeutic indexes. Most of the time, there's a drug level that we're monitoring in the patient's serum. So we're doing some type of blood draw and assessing what the actual level is in that patient's body at this specific time, so we can monitor. Vancomycin is another example, an antibiotic that we monitor levels for, and so we have to assess that to continue a patient's therapy because it's a narrow therapeutic index drug. Okay, so I know definitions can be a little dry, but we have to get through them as we start off our lectures together. So let's go to our next active learning question, which is, which statement is false? So a low therapeutic index means there's a small difference between the dose of a medication that produces good effects and one that produces lethal effects. B, the higher the TD50, the more of the drug it takes to produce signs of toxicity. C, ED50 is used um, clinically to set recommended dosages because it's an indicator of potency. 
or D, toxicity can be fully avoided if medications are dosed properly or in small amounts. So let me go ahead and go to the Kahoot so you guys can answer that. That is not the right question. <laughs> um, let me see how we get out. Yeah, hopefully it's the next one. <laughs> Weird. All right, well, bear with me as I figure out technology, right? Yeah, oh, it's on shuffle, you said? Maybe. How do I turn that off? See, it's trying to be all techie with you guys, and then, yeah, get out of here. Okay. Oh, that's gonna make you guys join again. to the question and then um, we'll see what I can do on the right. Okay, so the correct answer or well, the answer that was false in this was toxicity can be fully avoided if medications are dosed properly or in small amount. You can never fully avoid toxicity. We just try our best to do that, but I gave you examples of post-marketing, how these things come up. All of the other answer choices are true. Okay, so that brings us to 550. So I'm gonna let you guys break um, and then I'm gonna figure out the Kahoot thing. So we'll come back here at 6 o'clock, okay? And then we'll go over the rest of the lecture together. All right, thanks, guys.